Thanks. Good evening, everyone. Good to see you tonight. Let's uh, turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And uh, it's been a, been a very frenetic start to the year. And um, just been looking around and uh, things are back to full swing. But um, it's been very busy here on the, on the church property. We've just managing just the growth of the school and, and all of that. It's been a wonderful thing to observe, but I know it's been very challenging, but already just some good reports. One of, the, one of our, um, our staff actually who's got uh, their kids here in the school mentioned that it's just a joy to hear their kids, um, their kids praying every night and just uh, their little ones just praying for just needs of others. And what a joy that is for her as a, as a parent. And she mentioned that a lot of that, that patterning was because they do that in their class. And that was something that their kids were starting to understand. And, and that's, a, that's really the, the blessing of, of you know, ministry, is just impacting even young hearts and young lives. And so it's been good to observe that and see that. And, uh, but do pray for, for the school ministry as it continues to just adjust to, to numbers and all of that. Uh, but it's also been good to see so many new, new guests come on, on a Sunday. And the church looked pretty full on Sunday morning. Praise God for that. But let's uh, be mindful, as, um, as Pastor Phil mentioned, you know, especially for those of us who are regular, to make room for, for our guests and not take up all of the spaces at the back. And so let's uh, make sure we're mindful of that as we get into... Um, this coming Sunday, and um, and just pray on the 18th, uh, if you note that it's our revision Sunday, so don't worry, there's no exam, all right, so just uh, just wanted to make sure you actually turned up that day, but, um, but we will just look at our vision again for the year, just recap some of that a little bit, and then we've invited the school, both the staff and the whole school community to come on that Sunday morning. And it'll also be our school dedication Sunday and just an opportunity for us to recognize our staff and some of those who have come on, um, on the school staff who are new. And we wanted to just show um, our love and, and our, our support to those ministering to the children here on the property. But we've invited all of those families as well that are attending our, our school and so there's a whole heap of them who are new, and so we're hoping they'll come along, and we're looking for a big Sunday that day. And so pray for that. I think it's a great opportunity for us to, to connect with those new families, especially. And I know in speaking to many of them, they, there's a good number of them who are just seeking, and just seeking for, for a church home. And so just pray and ask the Lord to, to bless that day. But Luke chapter 2, and we'll begin reading here in verse 40. And um, it's interesting when you, when you read through the book of Luke, and I think I've mentioned, you know, out of the, the, the four Gospels, uh, the book of Luke is, is probably my favorite. I think Luke, in his writing, as God uses him to be the, the human penman for, for his, his words, and as God inspires him, he uses these previous skills that Luke has as an educated man. He was a doctor, as you know. He was the beloved physician. And, and yet, in his writing, you see, he really writes in, in a very historical way, and he covers a lot of details that 
uh, that many of the other gospel writers uh, sort of either gloss over, but he writes in great detail in uh, much more than the others. And part of that is, interestingly, he, in, in organizing the different sections of the scriptures there, he not only looks at certain events and a bit of a chronological timeline, but he also lumps together different, uh, different themes in, in different sections of the book that we would say would be in our chapters. And in chapter 2, we know that the, the birth of Jesus is covered, and then all of the early days of Jesus is covered. We see that the shepherds come, and they come seeking, then they present Jesus in the temple after his birth, and we know that there was one Simeon who was seeking, and then another Anna, the prophetess, who was seeking. And it just seems to be the book of Luke, uh, the, the chapter here that we're looking at, chapter 2, is all about those who were seeking Jesus. And there's a the bit of a running theme through this chapter of those who were seeking, seeking Jesus right early on in his, in his arrival here on earth. And that's a good thing, wouldn't you agree, that tonight, that that's a good thing that there would be those who are seekers of Jesus. And I hope that we would continue to seek Jesus in our daily lives. And yet, as much as we understand that and know that, we also know that there's times where we can almost at times even inadvertently leave Jesus a little bit behind in our day. And we can, rather than having that that heart to seek him and heart to want to know him and want to be with him. Uh, there's times where we can find ourselves a little bit where we may have left him behind. And that's actually what's happening in the part of Scripture that we're going to read here in, in chapter 2. And, and notice in verse 40, after all of that, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and grace. The grace of God was upon him. And now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. So they had come, and it had been their custom to go and observe the feasts as it was required in the law. And... Today, in, in, this, in this part of Scripture, in, in this uh, portion of, of history as we're reading it, we understand that, that between verses 39, 40, and 41, 12 years had passed around, around that time. And from the, his birth and his initial presentation, uh, years had gone by, and now he was 12 years old. And we see that we know scripture that in that time there were other seekers of Jesus. The wise man came when he was around two years old and he had survived that, that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that decree from, uh, from Herod to go and, and wipe out all of the, the two-year-olds in the, in the nation. And, and so there Jesus being warned, uh, Joseph being warned of God, he takes Jesus into Egypt and all of that has happened already. And now they've, they're coming back into just the practice of going to Jerusalem every year for the feast. And again, just out of obedience to the Lord. And, and what we find is Jesus is now 12 years old. And he goes up to Jerusalem with his parents. And as the, the, the Bible makes it clear, as their custom was every year. 
And when they had fulfilled the days, they find themselves with Jesus tarrying behind in Jerusalem, but the responsible adults, per se, had not even noticed. Notice, but they supposing him in verse 44 to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. So here they're, they're seeking him for a different reason. They're seeking him because suddenly they realized Jesus wasn't with them. And there's many people who, in a sense of panic and emergency, they start to look for where is God? Where is Jesus? In a sense, have not knowing that they had drawn away from him. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And so again, that running theme of seeking Jesus continues right through to the end of the chapter. But this seeking was for a different reason. This seeking was a sudden realization when they were on their way to the next part of their journey that Jesus was no longer with them. That, that somehow he had slipped their, 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 their view. They had suddenly realized that while they were traveling that somehow he, he may have been with other people, but he wasn't. He was nowhere to be seen. And, you know, the reality is there's, there's times that, has, that probably may have happened to you. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. As a former youth pastor for many years, one of my great duties was to bring home kids that were left by their parents at church, right? You, it's, it's, sometimes you have multiple kids and you, both your wife and yourself have a vehicle and you drive home and you just assume that the other has the children, and how many times I've, that's happened, you know, they've driven off and as it is in Sydney, it's not like a 10-minute turnaround. It's 45 minutes later, they get home and they're like, I thought you had the kids. And no, neither of them did. The youth pastor had the kids, all right? So that was often my duty. But, you know, sometimes when you're not really actively thinking of it and you presume something's to be true or to be just the status quo in your life, there's some things that can easily slip your mind and slip away out of your practice. And that's really what happened in the life of, of Jesus here. They were seeking him for a different reason. And what we see through this story is often, uh, often really, when you think about it, can become something familiar to us. Sometimes coldness to who and, 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 and what we have in the, in the Lord can sometimes bring about a, a, a bit of a, a, a really a, a little bit of a mistake in our thinking. That, that somehow we, just, we go along the journey that we always have Christ. And we understand that, you know, the Bible tells us that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. But sometimes in, in just our in practical ways and, and really in that closeness that we ought to have with Christ, we can sometimes allow the activities of life and just the other happenings of life to cause us to presume that we still have a closeness and he's still with us. There's times we can go about and even in the practice of, of the good things, and we understand that they went there to, to, to observe the feast of the Passover. A good remembrance, it was a, it was a good thing to do. Sometimes even in the good things to do that are in the, in the religiosity of Christianity, 
we can sometimes lose sight of, of our proximity and our closeness to the Savior. And what we find is that the conditions that led to this, it was this, they had just fulfilled the days. And, and then they're supposing to him to have been in the company, uh, then started to understand that he wasn't with them. And sometimes, like I said, the busy nature of, our, uh, of their time and their familiarity, their, their, their presumption that because they were with kinsfolk and with those of the faith and they were, they were doing the things that were required of them from a standpoint of that economy, of that faith economy, of, of, of observing the feasts. Sometimes in all of that, we can just presume that actually the most important person that should be in the center of all of that is actually there. And I want to say that sometimes as we go along in our journey for the Lord, we can be a little bit like that. And, and we can sometimes continue to just go on without really ensuring that Christ is with us. Without really ensuring that that closeness that ought to be there ought to be, is there. And we can presume in the activity of Christianity, you know, like church attendance, like serving, like the things that we know to do, it can become just the things, the days were fulfilled. And we could go about and we could suddenly, in a moment of need, suddenly go, you know what, where's, where's Jesus? Where is he when we needed him the most? And where is he in our journey? And they journeyed without really ensuring that Christ was with them. And sometimes we can just go so, so quickly in life to the next thing and to the next thing without, without really ensuring that, this, that, that Jesus and maybe even his presence and God's presence go with us. You know, Moses had a bit of a different attitude when he considered the next steps. And we understand again that, that God providentially in that time gave the the, the, um, the, the cloud and the pillar of fire at night, and there was a, there was a physical seeing of God moving. And yet we have in our time, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that we can, if we seek Him, we will find Him. And, and very real to us it ought to be that we get a sense of God working and leading in the next steps of our lives. And yet so many times we just get busy going to the next thing and the next thing. And sometimes we don't have the attitude that Moses had when he said in Exodus 33 verse 15, he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us, carry us not up hence. He said, if you're not with me, God, don't let me keep going. Help me stay until I, I get your presence and I realize your power in my life and I realize that that this is the next step you're supposed, we're supposed to take with you. And, and you know, sometimes I think we, we can presume that just because we're heading the, the, the direction we think, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are close to Christ. Hey, remember, we're supposed to follow Him. And we're supposed to allow Him to lead us. And yet so many times we get ahead of where we're supposed to be and we just presume that this is where God would have us. And, you know, that's a dangerous place to be, actually. Because you could go into the syndrome and the motion 
of the Christian life so easily, especially those of us who've been saved a little while, we can go into that motion of just presumption. They, they just assumed. You know, they, they supposing him to have been in the company. And so they go about and, and suddenly they realize he's not with them. And what happened was, in all of the juggling of the different responsibilities, they prioritized other things and neglected this just the priority of Christ. You know, we, we learn about that story later on in Luke chapter 10 about Mary and Martha. We recognize that, that one sought the better part. And that was Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and, and Martha was cumbered about with much serving. And you know, sometimes we can replace the presence of Christ in our lives with the presence of activity in our lives. We, can, we know the activities of the Christian life. We know we're supposed to read our Bible. We know we're supposed to pray. We know all of that is meant to be present in our lives. And, and yet, if we're not careful and we're not sensitive to it, the presence of Christ may not be there. There might be some things that have allowed him to take a little bit of a back seat in our thinking. And they misunderstood, actually, at the end of it, what, what Jesus was there for. You know, I, he, he was there to be followed, and it wasn't their plans. It was his plans now. He was a savior. You know, Mary and Joseph were those tasked to, to, to raise Jesus from childhood. But at the end of the day, Jesus wasn't just a child. Jesus was the very God himself. And, and Jesus responds later on. Notice verses 48 to 49. So they go back in verse 46. They, 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 uh, after three days, they find him in the temple sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And verse 47, all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he had to remind them, verse 49, how is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? And in your Bible there, that's capital F, referring to God the Father. And he had to remind them, actually, he wasn't on earth for their bidding. He had his own plans. And he, he was following his heavenly Father's plan for him. And what they misunderstood in all of this in, is that they went ahead and they were actually trying to follow their own plan and timing when God has his own plan and timing. When we, we can't get that mixed up, we're meant to be led of the Lord. We're not just meant to, we're not, we're not to tell the Lord. No, 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 we're meant to follow the Lord. He has to come first. He's the one that says, step here and step there and go here and go there. And, and so he had to remind them. And, and, you know, many times when we're not sensitive to Christ and we're not putting that in place and, and giving him the priority of, hey, what's next? hey, what are we supposed to do? Then, then we can find ourselves stepping away and taking missteps even if they seem to be right and good. And so the, that, that was a, what happened in, in their, just that separation that happened. And that can so happen in our lives so easily. The busyness, even in the good things, the, the presumption that somehow, well, God must still be with us. 
And yet we've got to make sure that, that Christ is in our midst. But then we see that they, they comprehended some things. And, and after a little while, they did seek him. But they, in verse 45, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. You know, sometimes when we start to recognize that, that actually we've been away a little bit and we're not as close as we used to be with the Lord, we just presume that we can find him with, our kins, with, the, with the brethren. And it's interesting here that they just presume that. And, and here's what I want to say. You know, sometimes being with Jesus' family doesn't mean you necessarily have Jesus. Just because you're in the family, so to speak, doesn't mean you're automatically close to him. And, and I get it. You know, the, our fellowship together, it, there ought to be a sense of Christ when we come into this place. There, there ought to be a glorifying of him. And, and maybe that is the, pl- the last time you got a sense of that closeness with the Lord. But I want to tell you that you've got to seek him yourself. That, that you're not just going to find it by, by osmosis from someone else. You're never going to feel close to Christ just by being in a group that proclaim the name of Christ. That's part of it. But you're only going to find him if you seek him. You're only going to be close to him if you seek to be close to him. And you might seek it from some and they might point you the right way. And they might influence you to, to have those, the, the, the right things in, in place to, to, to effectively seek Him, but you're never going to really find Him if you don't seek Him yourself. They just assumed, they sought Him after realizing that they were missing Him, but they went to Jesus' family. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you are close to Jesus. You know, as young people, uh, for a little while you'll go on your, your parents' faith. For a little while you'll come to church and you'll perhaps even be told to read your Bible and perhaps even be told to pray. But until that's real for you and you have your genuine seeking of Jesus, you'll never feel close to Christ. It'll just be the, the after effects, so to speak. It'll just be the overflow of that. And I hope that you do get that and I hope that you get a sense of that in your home. But, but there's going to come a time where you have to choose. And you've got to realize maybe something's missing in your life. And seeking Christ is the priority when we realize he's not with us. And, and what the good thing was, in lieu of them moving forward, they paused. They stopped. You know, sometimes we can be like Samson and just shake ourselves about like we always do. And we don't even realize that the Spirit of God has departed. And, and suddenly we're empty and suddenly we're just going through the motions. But you know what they did? They sought him at the end when they suddenly realized they sought him at the last place that they had left him. Look at verses 44, uh, 45 and 46. So they, they sought him amongst their kinsfolk. They often traveled in a caravan, in a group. And then verse 45, and when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. You know, they just found him right where they left him. They found him in Jerusalem, and they found him in the temple where they last saw him. Isn't that often what we do when we lose something? 
Like we think back, we try to retrace our steps. Remember, we, we went to the U.S. We, we had taken a 10, it was our 10-year um, uh, long service leave. So we took a couple of weeks and we had friends and family in the, in the U.S. So we went over there. The, the, we wanted to take the kids to Disneyland, so we did that. And so we arrived and we decided to attend Lancaster Baptist Church to have a leadership conference and we decided to attend there, and we stayed with, uh, with a missionary family that we knew. They were out of town, so they were willing to lend us their, uh, their home for the week. And so I picked up the keys from uh, another family that they, they left it with. We picked that up. And, you know, it was back in the day where it was too expensive to go on roaming. So what everyone did was you bought a SIM card from that country, right? And so this is Lancaster. It's not like what you, you would think it is. It's really a small town. So we're going to different, different places trying to find, trying to find um, the best deal, right? I mean, we, it was 10 years of ministry, so we didn't really have that much savings, but we had enough. But I had budgeted for a certain amount for, for a SIM card, so we drove to about three or four different places. Then we get to the last one. We had our, our SIM card. We get to the house... And we realized we didn't have the keys to the house. And at first we thought, oh, it must be in the car. It wasn't in the car. We checked all our pockets. All our pockets were empty. And, and, and suddenly we were trying to recall the order of which we, we stopped. And we stopped at so many different places. And, and finally, you know what happened? It, it was at the very first place that we had, had first, our first uh, mobile place. It took us an hour and a half to retrace our steps and, you know, we had to apologize. We skipped church that night because we were so stressed about that. But the, the long of it all was we had to retrace our steps. And this is exactly what they did. And, you know, many times when we, we draw away from the Lord and we need closeness to Him, we, He's just where we last left Him. And you've got to ask yourself, when was the last time you were close to the Lord? And I'll tell you, it's probably in, in very familiar places. It was probably when you last were praying regularly. It was probably last when you really were in the Word of God. It was probably the last time when you were really faithful and just came consistently. And it was probably the last when you had, a, you had gotten some things right with those that, that you had wronged. And it's in familiar places is what I'm saying. They found Jesus where they last left him. And I wonder tonight, maybe you're feeling a bit distant. I want to tell you, maybe retrace your steps and just go back to the last place. And, but at the end, they sought him. And I, I want you to note that really, in the end, he was gracious to them. And when they understood not the saying in verse 50, which he spake unto them. Remember, this is a 12-year-old, but they didn't fully comprehend what was going on there. And he went down with, him, with them in verse 51. And came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all the sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Notice verse 51. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. You know, this is, this is God. He, he, he had every right, actually, to just speak his mind and say, you know what? Um, I, have, I must be about my father's business. But, but in, in recognizing just their, their condition of fear, 
their condition of sorrow, he goes back with them. He, he just, and you know, when you seek Jesus, he, he, he might correct, but his corrections come with his compassions too. And he'll come, and you know, the, I love that verse, if you will draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to you. And you know, the problem so often is why the distance continues to grow. It's not because Jesus has moved, it's because we've moved, because we won't go back. It's because we won't retrace our steps and seek where we last left him. And, you know, sometimes we think that correction and, and, you know, many times Jesus' response to us is to correct maybe our thinking and our attitude. You know, in a world where there's, we're just in a world of outrage, we think when someone corrects us that, that really they're against us. But actually, that, that's a, that's, that's just wrong thinking. You know, it's often when the Bible talks about correction, it's out of love. And certainly when, when our, our Savior pricks our heart about our closeness with Him, and maybe He corrects us in, in our wrong priorities, and He corrects us in our wrong motives, it often will come because it's just out of His love for us. And it, His corrections of, will come with His compassions. And then his corrections come with his continuance. And he wants to, he wants closeness with you. He, he wants closeness with every one of us. But at the end of the day, we've got to recognize whether that's, that's because of the busyness in our lives that we've allowed to creep in. Whether it's just a bit of callousness where we've just stopped being sensitive to, to our closeness to him. And maybe it's just time to get back to the place where we last left him. Get back to that place where, where we, we had fellowship with him, where we last had that closeness. And I want to tell you that, that he's never actually moved. He's always been there. And if we would, we, would, we would draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. And so maybe this week we would take the time to maybe just observe a little bit. You know, how, how close are you to the Lord? You know, have, we, have you assumed some things and, and have you just allowed the good activity to replace actually the, the closeness and that, that, that presence that he ought to have in our lives? That's it. Jewel, thank you.